You are listening to Daily Devotions with Pastor Robert Marsbach. We believe that these devotions will encourage and strengthen you. So tune in, connect, and be blessed. For any more information, please visit us online at lifechurchuk.org. Welcome to Live Devotions, and thank you for joining me today. The reward of the wicked is the title of this devotion. I know that is maybe not a common title that you would find in these devotions that you hear from me, but it is an important message to realize that evil begets evil, and evil proceeds from the wicked, the scripture says. And that there is a mystery in this world of wickedness, of evil, and that, that for that very purpose, Jesus came into the world to redeem us, to buy us, to literally purchase us and buy us free from the spirit of wickedness and evil in this world that of course proceeds from Satan, the wicked one. It says in 1 John 5, and we'll read that a little later in verse 18, that the Lord will keep us from the wicked one. The, the devil, Satan, he is evil and he destroys people's lives, Jesus said in John 10, 10, and he kills them and steals from them their joy, their happiness, their, their good homes and families. So there is without question wickedness in this world and there are consequences. And it is important that we as the church realize what we've been saved from and be a trumpet to sound the alarm on God's holy mountains that others may escape too. I think it would be a great sin if you knew the building was on fire and people are working there unaware of what is looming and not warn them. If you do not warn them, God will hold you accountable, he says in Ezekiel. So it's important that we do take warning, not only we who have escaped wickedness through Jesus Christ, but we now who are privileged to help other people find their way of escape through faith in Jesus. And I want to read you this amazing Psalm 91. And look at this. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely he shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand may fall at your sight. 10,000 at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, the title of this devotion. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. 
for he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all of your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and cobra, upon young lion and serpent, and shall trample them under your feet. That talks about evil powers that God puts under your feet, that he gives you authority over and victory over to stop harming and harassing you. And because he, you said, and because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him and set him on high because he has known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I'll be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. It's a short psalm, but the message is clear that while we see the reward of the wicked, we realize why we escape that reward. It's because of the Lord. It's because of the Lord's mercy and grace. We should never take that grace for granted. We should never boast ourselves that we're better than others. We're not saved because we're better than others. The children of Israel had the blood of the lamb on the doorposts and the lintel of their house. And they were feeding upon that life that had been given for their redemption. They ate that lamb. And while they were hearing the judgment come upon the wicked, who were the wicked? Those who refused to believe in the blood of the Lamb. Those who refused to take their refuge in the Lord. Those who refused to make the Lord who is their refuge, their dwelling place, and would not hide from the judgment that comes. Folks, there is judgment. It does come. It does come. But my goodness, how good is it when it passes over your house because the Lord sees that you have made Him your refuge and Him your dwelling place and that you hide in His loving mercy for you. You see, there is this part of wickedness because we don't always know what wickedness is. There's a lot of things that I would consider wicked. But the real root of wickedness is that you pull up your shoulders against God and say, no, I don't need you to protect me. I, I'll make my own way. The real spirit of wickedness is unbelief, is, is, is pulling up your nose at God and turn your back to Him. It says here in Psalm 10, verse 12, Arise, O Lord, O God, lift up your hand. Do not forget the humble. Why do the wicked renounce God? He has said in his heart, you will not require an account. You see, that is the very nature of wickedness that you think you don't have to give an account to God. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 13, we all must appear before the judgment seat of Christ and give an account of what we have done while we were in this body. We have to give an account. And James in chapter four says, it's better to wail in true repentance and remorse now so that when you enter God's presence, you can smile in the sweetness of his mercy and grace that awaits you than to laugh now in the face of judgment and weep when you appear before the Lord because your heart has not been changed. And the Bible says they don't change because they don't fear God. They don't turn away from their wickedness because they don't honor the Lord. 
David in his famous Psalm 34, one of my absolute favorite Psalms. I love this Psalm. He says, evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous shall be condemned. But the Lord redeems the soul of his servants and none of those who trust in him shall be condemned. The escape of wickedness is only found in our trusting in God and surrendering our life to Him, but otherwise we all can be pretty wicked. Oh, I'll never forget. I shouldn't say that I have forgotten it, but the Holy Spirit reminds me at certain times to be able to give it as a testimony. We were renting a house a long, long time ago, 20 plus years ago, and uh, more, yeah, 25 years ago. We were renting this house and I had negotiated with the owner a, a, a price to buy it and, and, and he had given me the go ahead. I wasn't ready yet to buy it, but given me to go ahead and put a new kitchen in it. And I'd done all of that. And then when the kitchen was in, he said, I want the house back. And it offended me. It offended me. You have to, you know, the word offense is the word scandal and it means snare. And I got snared. I got snared. I didn't just commit it to God. He knows how to deal with things. I didn't do it. And every time I walked in that kitchen, that offense rose up in me with such upset feelings. And one time I, I walked in the kitchen and those feelings came up and I let them come out of my mouth in a whispering way. And suddenly I felt the presence of the Lord when the two or three dark words came out of my mouth, real soft. In a whisper, I felt the presence of the Lord. And I looked around and Virginia was standing there and tears were coming down her cheek. And she said, oh, darling, you're talking just like the devil. I tell you, I fell on my knees and I wept in deep remorse and repentance that I had let wickedness into my heart over such a small thing. I submitted it to God. We handed the house back and God took care of us and gave us a better house and a better kitchen. But you know, friends, we need to run away from wickedness and escape it because there is a reward for the wicked. The real wickedness of wickedness is that you don't honor God and that you don't think there are consequences. There are consequences. And here in Psalm uh, 37, Oh, this talks a lot about wickedness. It says in verse 9, For evildoers shall be cut off, but those who wait on the Lord, they shall inherit the earth for yet a little while, and the wicked shall be no more. Indeed, you will look carefully for his place, but it shall be no more. But the meek shall inherit the earth and shall delight themselves in the abundance of peace. The wicked plots against the just and gnashes at him with his teeth. The Lord laughs at him. In other words, the Lord deals with it. When you have people in their wickedness coming against you, committed to God, give place to the Lord. Give place to the Lord to deal with it. Leave it to God. The Bible even, Jesus even teaches us to love those who hate us, to bless those who curse us, to good to do good to those who, who mistreat us and pray for them. And he says, if they slap you, don't resist it. Don't, don't fight back, in other words. And if they slap you again, 
just trust God. I guarantee you will see the Lord fight for you if you do what he says in Luke chapter six. Read it for yourself. And friends, there should be a difference between those that are wicked in their nature and those who have made the Lord their refuge and trust in him. In the book of Daniel is a very powerful statement where the Lord says in Daniel, hold on, here it is. Daniel chapter 12, verse 10. Many shall be purified and made white and refined, but the wicked shall do wickedly. And none of the wicked shall understand, but the wise shall understand. You see, that is one of the sad, in my opinions, and desperately grievous thing about those who've given into wickedness and those who have become wicked. They have given up the wisdom of meekness and gentleness and goodness and forbearance and long-sufferance and forgiveness. They defend themselves by accusing everybody else. Their hearts are continuously dark with malice towards others. They can't break free of the judgments they carry against others that are coming upon their own, their own selves by making them feel depressed and angry and offended. And I find that so grievous. They don't understand it. They can't see it. That's why I always want to have that spirit of grace. I've talked to you about this week, that spirit of mercy to be able to try to reach out to them, to be able to provide a way of escape. I really do believe that the Lord is looking always to devise a means to turn the wicked from his wicked way and the unrighteous men from his thoughts and to grant him to come back to him. When David found deep repentance in his own heart because of the wickedness he had led in his life and sinning against Bathsheba and her husband Uriah, he said, Lord, create in me a clean heart. Grant me a steadfast, faithful, loyal spirit towards you. Take not your Holy Spirit from me. Cast me not away from your presence so that I may teach transgressors your ways and that sinners may be converted to you or wicked may be converted to you. In other words, by the mercies they see in me, it gives them hope they can come out of their deprived state, their low state. You know, if you think about it, wickedness has painful consequences, folks. That's why we should always fight for redemption. And as long as there's still hope to try to see the Lord can hold back the consequences because the consequences can be so terrible. And I read here in Genesis chapter 6, starting at verse 5, And the Lord saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. Is it possible? Is it possible, Pastor Robert, people that, that we've had as friends and people that is it possible that they could go off and become like that? Unbelievably so. I, I, I still find it hard to believe. People know. No, you and I, we've shared the Spirit together. You and I have sung and worshipped God together. 
you if I love the Lord? No, and it's true. I've seen people give it all up and become wicked and dark and unbelieving and depart from the living God and not just walk away, but fight harder against God and His church than even people that have never known Him. I've seen it happen. I've seen wickedness in people that were not wicked. And it can happen. That's why we should never think light of evil or allow it to entertain us. We should keep it at a distance. And the Bible says, touch no unclean thing. Be separate, says the Lord, and I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters. Having this hope, let us purify ourselves from what defiles and corrupts our soul and spirit. You'll find this in, in 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. Oh, dear friends, I pray in the name of Jesus. There are terrible consequences for the wicked. That's why we should do our part. That's why we shouldn't be indifferent. That's why we shouldn't just say, well, look how evil they are. Let it come upon them. No, God doesn't like that. We need to pray and say, Lord, have mercy. Lord, turn it. We need to let the Lord revive us like he did Jeremiah. We need the Lord employ us like he did Moses. The Lord was so done with the wickedness of the people's unbelief. Then he said to Moses, Moses, please, Moses, no more. Just leave me alone and, and let them all be destroyed then. Let them all then reap the evil consequences of their behavior. And Moses said, no, Lord, don't give up on them. No, Lord, remember what you promised Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. And what are the Egyptians going to say about you when they've seen your mighty hand bring them out that you were not able to bring them in? No, Lord. Have mercy. And the Lord was encouraged by dear Moses to fight for his people and to fulfill all his good promises. Oh, come on, people. There are terrible consequences. Look at it here. And the Lord was sorry that he had made man in the earth. He was grieved in his heart. So the Lord said, I will destroy man whom I've created from the face of the earth, both men and beast, creeping things and birds of the air, for I'm sorry that I've made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And this is the genealogy of Noah. Noah was a just man, perfect in his generation. Noah walked with God. And Noah begot three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. And the earth was corrupted before God, and the earth was filled with violence. So God looked upon the earth, and indeed it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted their way in the earth. Wickedness is such an evil corruption. And what amazing mercy and grace that you and I have found grace in His sight. The Lord needs us more than ever to let our light shine. The Lord needs us to do our part to turn things from evil to good, from the power of Satan to God, and to provide forgiveness for people that are desperate to escape their wickedness but don't know where to go for help. And I'll close with what Peter says in 2 Peter chapter 3, starting at verse 5. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, 
and you're standing out of water and in water by which the world that then existed perished being flooded with the water of Noah. Noah, you know, was righteous because he found grace in God's eyes, because he turned his heart to God among the wicked. And the Lord had him build the ark by which him and his household were saved. And that, it says here, was a warning to us. The heavens and the earth, which now are being preserved by the same word, are reserved by fire until the day of judgment and perdition of the ungodly, of the wicked. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. And the Lord is not slack concerning His promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Do you see what the Lord wants? He wants repentance, not destruction. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of person ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness, looking for the hastening and coming day of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved and being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace without spot or blameless and consider the long suffering of the Lord is our salvation. As also our beloved Paul, according to his wisdom given to him, has written to you as in all his epistles speaking in them of these things in which some things are hard to understand, which untaught, unstable people twist in their own destruction as they also do the rest of the scriptures. You therefore, beloved, since you know this beforehand, beware lest you also fall from your own steadfastness being led away with the error of the wicked, but grow in grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now, forever and ever. Amen. We need to be on our guard, not to be led astray with the wicked, but to live an exemplary life of the love and mercy and grace and forgiveness of our Savior. And I tell you, the Lord needs us. There are horrible consequences that are coming. There are horrible consequences that are coming. And yet, I'm not afraid, but I do feel a deep compassion for souls that don't know yet the Lord and His loving, saving grace. I'm not afraid because I know my Redeemer lives, and I know that He has prepared the ark for my escape. The Lord Jesus Christ is the ark of my escape, and in Him I live and move and have my being together with Virginia and our household, and this is His mercy. And oh yes, oh yes, we have to fight the good fight of faith, folks. We're just as human as anyone. But the Lord is faithful to never fail to give us faith, hope and love by His Spirit and grace. So I want to encourage you. Let's live the life 
that Jesus Christ has given and know that we have a message for people that want to escape wickedness and the consequences that are ready to come upon this world, that it's getting hotter in the world. It's not because there's too many cars. And I know that a lot of people want to bring that belief and that religion. And yes, that the environment is being affected, but we know it's the consequence of sin and the consequences that are coming upon the world because of sin. But just like the flood of Moses, excuse me, just like the flood of Noah was judgment upon the wicked, but salvation upon the righteous. So again, we will see the goodness of the Lord that he's provided a way of escape for all of us who love him and are called, into his purpose, called according to his purpose and reach out with hands of mercy and forgiveness and see a great harvest of souls in these last days. Amen. Have a good day.